Welcome to the Unified Podcast, where we talk about God, Christian culture, and life in an attempt to bring unity and maturity to the body of Christ, demystify the supernatural, and find God in the ordinary. And we are your hosts, Justin Heckel and Caleb Carpenter. How are you doing, Caleb? I'm great, Justin. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And so uh, last week, we started a series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and just basically the thought that that even within denominations, even within the same church, there can be a lot of controversy surrounding the gifts and um, not just whether or not they're still for today, but whether they are for everybody and the different expressions on how they get brought out. And so we, we started unpacking that in the last episode. So make sure you check that out if you haven't yet. Um, but we basically came to the conclusion that, yes, we we believe that they are based off of Scripture, that they are for everybody. And we've seen how it's been worked out in in ways that it wasn't meant to be, but how it's also been walked out in very healthy ways and why it's beneficial to the body. And so today we just wanted to start a conversation about the gift of tongues. And um, I'm just going to get some house cleaning things out of the way because there are so many different ways that talking about tongues can go, but so much of it is not even controversial. Like it's very easy to understand that how beneficial it can be, but there's really one main branch of that, of that gift that um, can tend to trip up people, especially when they talk with other people about it. So just some things real quick is that there are four different types of tongues that are spoken about in the scripture where the Greek uses a different term for each one. But when we translate it into English, we just say tongues. And so Acts chapter two is the first one where the church on the day of Pentecost comes out of the upper room into the public and they start giving the gospel message and speaking and there are many people from many foreigners from different nations around there. And as they are speaking, the foreigners start hearing the message in their own language. So the disciples are speaking in their language. The people hear it in their own language. So that's the first type. The second type comes from Romans eight twenty eight, where it says, indeed, um, you know, we, we don't know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit intercedes for us um, with groanings that we can't understand. And so basically the, the thought process is that God, um, God always knows what you're going through. He communicates spirit to spirit. So he knows what's going on in your spirit. And so he knows how to pray for you. And, and we have some, um, we have some examples of all these real quick that I'll give after I give this quick intro on them. The third type is your personal prayer language, which that's the direction we're going to go down is your personal prayer language. And the fourth is, which these are really opened up in, uh, I mean, we're commanded to by Jesus, you know, it, it says go. And then those who believe will see these things happen. But, um, but it also gets opened up in first Corinthians uh, chapters 12 and 14. And then, um, and then along with the gift of tongues as a prayer language is the gift of interpretation. And so that's the ability to take what's in your, someone's prayer language 
and say, this is what they were saying. Okay. And translate it into your common language. So just breaking that down really quick is that you take the first time from Acts 2 where um, someone is, is speaking in a language and someone with a different earthly language hears it in their own language. I have um, heard a pastor give an example of this before where he was speaking to a congregation and it really annoyed him that these two guys wouldn't quit talking in the middle of his message. And so he stepped back and he said, and he just kind of prayed under his breath. He said, God, you got to stop this because I, I can't stay focused while they're doing this. Um, when he prayed that and he went back to preaching, the guy stopped almost immediately after the fact, after the message was done, um, these guys came forward and he was speaking with them. And the one said, that was amazing. We don't know how you did it. And he was like, did what? And they said, well, I'm his French interpreter. He's French and I'm his interpreter. And when you, uh, in the middle of your message, you switched from speaking English to speaking French. So we can see how that would easily be beneficial because that way the gospel message gets across whether or not we've learned that language. The second one where it's the, the groanings of intercession Actually, one time my roommate that I was living with in college, he didn't know why, but for some reason he like he went into the bathroom and huddled like curled up in the fetal position for about 45 minutes and just was groaning and he didn't know why. And then the deal was, was that a couple days later, he found out that at that exact time, he had a cousin who was healed of some guttural um, issue like Crohn's disease or something like that. He had no idea. I've heard it like that. The other side of it is just the fact that so many times we get to a place where we don't know what to pray. Either we've prayed all the words that we know for someone, or it is so painful. We feel the pain for them so badly that all we can do is cry or weep or, or groan and God knows our heart, knows our spirit and can, um, you know, and basically uses that as intercession because he speaks spirit to spirit. And then obviously we know that the interpretation of a prayer language would be beneficial so that it's not a waste of time because people actually can hear it. So with that out of the way, Caleb, take us away. What is the deal with gift of a prayer language, why it trips us up, but why it is actually biblical and why we need it. Let her rip, man. Yeah, well, I think, so the reason why it's so controversial is because it is something that's different from each believer to each believer, right? Mm. So, so if I'm speaking in tongues, but there's no interpretation, it could really confuse somebody else, especially if they don't know what to think on it yet. Totally. Or they themselves can't speak in it. So actually in 1 Corinthians 14, 22, he actually is talking about how speaking in tongues is not a sign for the believers, but it's a sign to the unbelievers. Hmm. Um, because you have to realize, you know, the unbelievers, their spirits have not been, well, they're not alive. You know, their spirits are still technically dead um, because Christ hasn't come in and resurrected their spirit. Hmm. And so when we come in with a resurrected spirit, we are already set apart. And so our language and our tongue 
also needs to be set apart for Christ. But the real controversy comes in is because when Paul's talking in 1 Corinthians 14, he's he's saying that prophecy um, is a better gift, right? And so mm. why do we need tongues if prophecy is a better gift? Um, but what in context, he's really talking about any gift is all gifts are good. They're equal as long as they build up the body of Christ. And so tongues, the prayer language of tongues, why it's so important, because he does say that I wish all of you would speak it and no one speaks it more than I do, is the prayer language, you know, it's connecting our spirit to his to the father's spirit. Um, it's when I don't know what I'm praying for. I don't know what's going on, but my spirit cries out to him. Come on. And it, it's intimacy. It's something that only he understands. I don't even, even need to understand it because it's an intimacy thing. It's, it's a part of um, the Holy Spirit being dwelling within us. That's right. And actually, you know, as, as we were, you were opening up to us, um, when you're talking about the, the tongue of um, intercession and stuff, first Corinthians actually refers to it as spiritual song um, because it's something that is poured out towards each other. Um, and Romans eight twenty six is actually, if you read it like into 27 is actually talking about our prayer language. Mm. Um, and so I am going to read that for us because I think it's a really powerful scripture and something we should really dwell on and meditate on um, this week. So Romans eight twenty six says, and the Holy spirit helps us in our weakness For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows the Spirit, what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So, you know, it's actually talking about us and Him. So it's like when I don't know what to pray for, when I don't know what I'm saying, um, that's when I need to be speaking in tongues because my spirit is connected to his spirit because we are triune beings as well. And so my spirit needs to be, you know, in con- constant intercession from myself to, to the throne of heaven. Right. And it's such a blessing because like, you know, I think too much of the time we try to do stuff from our intellect and right. it actually jacks us up, especially when it comes to our prayer language, because I don't know if you've ever been like me, but like, there have been times where like, say that I was praying for my own finances or something. And Mm -hmm. I was like, God, like I need help with finances, but I know this other person who needs finances too. And, and so I'd rather if, if they need it more, you know what I mean? I'd start actually, which, which totally negates the fact that God has enough to, to provide for us all. Right. So our own intellect actually screws up our own prayers a lot of the time. And so it's such a blessing to know that, you know what, I can just lay my request before him and then go into tongues and not jack all that up. I can keep my mind focused on the main point and yet still pray in tongues, which how it says, how scripture also says to pray without ceasing. There have been so many times that I'm like, I don't know how you do that unless you have tongues. It's such a blessing to be able to do that. The other side that is such a blessing is the fact of God goes, hey, the very deepest part of me, my spirit is going to com- is going to converse with the deepest part of you. And so I'm going to bypass your intellect, which as deep as most of us think our intellect is, mm-hmm. is actually very shallow. And he's like, I'm going to go into your spirit and speak to you there. And um, I think it's such a an awesome thing to know that even my own thinking can't jack it up. 
You know what mm. I mean? So um, it's such a blessing. It's so good. And, and, you know, something that we, I know we've talked about earlier about this is, you know, it also prepares us. Like it helps prepare our minds for things that the spirit is going to do yes. um, ahead of time. And because in first Corinthians 14, two it actually says that it utters mysteries in the spirit yeah and so you know we don't know the mystery but he's preparing us for whatever that is and so when we when we pray in tongues with this personal prayer language it prepares our hearts for what is coming absolutely mystery because like we've talked about a lot of times i i may hear a new teaching or something and i may go okay i i know that there's a lot of right stuff in there but my mind is wanting to combat it because maybe i've heard other things in the past mm. that say no to that right including like <laughs> when, most it, definitely this <laughs> including tongues when 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 i was growing up i was taught tongues is wicked it's evil all that kind of stuff and we'll get to that in a moment but my spirit said, no, like, and, and God had pointed the way to it for me a few different ways. But, um, but the deal is, is that once I started praying in tongues and, and mind you, once I got hooked, like I didn't have a job at the time. So like I prayed in tongues for about 10 hours a day for a month. Once mm. I, once I got it, I was like, oh my goodness. And I just sat in my room, read my Bible and prayed in tongues. And I would wake up in the middle of the night and my roommate would be just laughing hysterically. And I would be like, what in the world are you laughing at? You know, I'm like, he'd be like, well, it's not funny that you woke up and prayed in tongues for like 10 minutes. What's really funny is that you were praying in tongues for about 20 minutes before you ever woke up. And the deal was that when I woke up like that, I would have whole teachings that I knew that I had never known before. And I'd have scripture to back them all up. And so it was like this Holy Spirit was just driving stuff into me in the middle of the night. But a lot of it came through the praying in tongues, you know? And so what he was doing was, like I said, I knew whole teachings. It's the difference between you reading a manual and going, okay, step one. Okay. I'll go over here and do step one. Okay. Then step two. Okay. I'll go over here and do step two. It's, it's a lot. It's the difference between that and being like in the matrix where he just like wakes up and goes, I know Kung Fu, like having the whole thing just downloaded into your into your brain you know what i mean like we were talking about if we would have just heard some of those teachings first the whole mm. way along our intellect would have been going yeah yeah but what about this yeah yeah but what about that and it's like through the praying in tongues he's prepping our spirit to receive the teaching and then when the time is right he just goes and here you go here's the whole teaching that's and awesome uh, I don't know how to explain it other than it was a complete game changer. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm I'm going to have a question for you here, but I want to say something real quick before I ask it to you. Okay. But, um, you know, here here's kind of how my because obviously I was raised in a circle where, you know, speaking in tongues is normal, right? Right. Um, and so, you know, for me, in my mind and how I kind of think about speaking in tongues, specifically the prayer language, is... You know, if you read through the Bible, 
especially in regards to the tongue um in like physically our tongue like is the most evil thing that we could have Mm. because it spits out the bible says it spits out lies deceit um everything that proceeds out of our mouth and it's the hardest thing in the body to control right and so why i'm thinking that this is one of the reasons the most controversial thing for the church to understand is because um a lot of us really are just fooling ourselves um (laughs) but but i mean i mean really if, if the tongue does all that it's really an act of submission to the spirit that i don't understand anything but i'm gonna speak basically gibberish that that he understands totally you know and you know i can speak it with a knowing but not an actual translation but with that being said um you know when i got filled with the holy spirit um because the holy being filled with the holy spirit and speaking in tongues come hand in hand um mm-hmm. the bible's clear on that so when i got filled with the holy spirit in my mind because i was raised with it and i had understanding I wanted to speak in tongues so bad. And so when, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, um, I had, there was laying on of hands. Um, I literally got baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. And I was literally rolling around the floor for like an hour, um, starting to speak in tongues. And obviously like it didn't come extremely fluently, but I was speaking in tongues and, and it was crazy. We were actually in a ministry trip in New York city when it happened. And so there's a lot of people around, but, um, so you know, coming from my perspective, my question to you is why do you think um, so many people um, can't speak in tongues or have trouble speaking in tongues when they first get filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with us um, wanting to comprehend it first. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing is that we want to say, well, if I can't logically figure it out, then like what's the benefit you know what i mean Mm. and it's it's really it's a basic thing of trust in my opinion where it's like i can't even understand it i can't um technically do anything with it other than do it um right and so so we have this real hard thing and then we also don't want to seem stupid and just let our tongues go. And and then the other side I would say about it too is that a lot of the people that we hear are speaking it with such like a, a fluent and really nice right. style. Like they've got it all down. And we right. don't hear a lot of people who are just trying to figure it out. And I'm going to tell you the way that I did it. when when uh, So I was alone in my room. I had told my roommate who had grown up Pentecostal that I wanted the gift of the Holy spirit and to pray in tongues and that I had had a, um, I'd had a, uh, an encounter with it when about a year and a half before and everybody I'd tried to talk to, nobody wanted to talk about it. And so I, um, I told him I want it. He said, here's a book, knock yourself out. I've been treated like a kook for, for telling people about it. So, I read through this book and I basically said, okay, God, like, um, this is funny. I was like, okay, you got five minutes. (laughs) I was like, you got five (laughs) minutes. You give me a syllable and I will say it and I will repeat it over and over until you give me another syllable. And basically that's how it worked was that I just, 
I said the same syllable like two, three times. And then I got one that I started adding onto it. And then another that I started adding onto it. And by five minutes, like I'm, I'm telling you, I was just rambling and rambling and rambling. And then what happened was that five minutes turned into 15, turned into a half hour, turned into hours. Hmm. And, um, but, but it's really hard for a lot of people to get past that. I think some of it is the fear of man, even though you're only by yourself. Some of the time, some people are only by themselves. Of course. And, and the deal is this, is that, that, um, when I was doing it, um, I would do different things to, to go, okay, is this just my mind making this up? Right. And God would like, I'd go on walks or something and God would be like, okay, keep praying in tongues and read that sign. Okay. Keep praying in tongues and, and read that. Or, Hey, pick up your Bible and pray in tongues and keep reading the scripture while you're praying in tongues. And he's like, do you understand that it'd be very, very hard for you to be making up a language in your mind and continue reading something. And I'm like, Oh man, you're totally right. Like that would be difficult. So he would do different things, but the enemy would attack me for the first day or so just going, Hey, you know what? You're, you're, you were always told growing up that this is evil, (laughs) right? (laughs) This is demonic. And, uh, and God was like, Hey, Justin, you know, you spent years in bars and nobody once tried speaking to you in tongues. And I'm like, oh, man, you were so right. <laughs> and then the enemy would go, yeah, but all you're doing anyway is gibberish. And God went, who cares? People talk to their babies all day long in gibberish and nobody gives them crap for it. Mm-hmm. Why are you worried about talking to me in gibberish? And I went, oh, OK, like, yep, you're right. I'll just keep praying in gibberish. I don't care. And so he just kept confirming and confirming and confirming like that's a dumb argument, you know? And, and so I just kept diving into more and diving into more and diving into more. And, and then, like I said, it would be the middle of the night and he would just wake me up with whole new teachings that I never knew. And they were just things that were continually setting me free from anger issues and being afraid of what people thought and, uh, you know, addiction issues and things like that. He just kept waking me up and, and just releasing revelation on me. And so, um, but I think it's really hard for people to get past the fear of man, get past their intellect and, um, get past false teachings that they've been taught previously about it. So, and then there's the fact that, that people have abused it. You know, and oh, of pe- course. people have abused it and, and they, and I don't think all of it's intentional. I think a lot of it is just because they don't have good teaching on it. And so then people want to be loud in church with it or something. And, um, if you don't mind, I'll break that down real quick because I like taking these things into common sense conversations. And it's the fact that if it, scripture never says, that the spiritual gifts are better than natural gifts. It says Mm -hmm. greatly desire them because, well, shoot, most of us have some natural gifts to offer, but to open up the spiritual gifts is something new for us. So we need to greatly desire them also because we need to be able to take the gifts that have been given to us through Christ Mm -hmm. that are in the heavenlies and bring them down into the physical earth. We need to manifest them. 
But the deal is, is that they aren't better. Any place where it talks about a gift being higher than another, it's because it's for the benefit of the entire church or it's for the benefit of others, right? And so the deal is that um, we need to quit glorifying them in places that they don't belong. It's the reason why chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians and chapter 14 talk about the gifts but sandwiched in between them is the love chapter, chapter 13. And it's like, hey, look, all these are good. But it's like Paul says, hold on, before we even go on, if you don't have love, none of this matters. And so it's like love is the driving force. And if you don't have that, don't worry, you know, don't even try to dive into the other stuff because you'll abuse them just like you abuse other mm-hmm. things. Um But the deal is, is that if we put this into natural terms, that is being bilingual a a good thing to have? Yeah, it's awesome. Like if I can speak Spanish, it means I can talk to more people than just the person who can speak English. Right. But but the deal. So, yes, there's a big benefit to it. However, if I so if we go into a, a church service with all english speaking people and i walk around praying in spanish who cares but if i get up and try to give a message to everybody in spanish and i don't interpret it well that was just a big waste of everybody's time and i think people want to quickly say that something is demonic or evil or misleading or whatever and it doesn't say that about the gift of tongues being used without interpretation it says that it's useless And so um, I think we need to address that, that it's like, look, we we need to quit putting it off. Like maybe someone's trying to show off or something, but they just need to be told, hey, that that's a waste of everybody's time. And just like a natural language, the more that I speak it, the easier it is to me. And it it's just like with um, with a natural language, too, if I've just started really learning Spanish and I say that I start speaking it a bit with someone that I might have to stop and go, okay, what are they actually saying? And I might have to break it down like that. Well, the deal is, is if I stay fluent in it. So if I continually speak Spanish, like it's just like I naturally pick it up. I don't even have to think about it. Right. Well, it's the same thing with tongues is that when you stay rolling in it all the time, Like when you first pick it up, it's kind of like it's cumulative that if I pray in tongues for a while, like I start getting some stuff, right? It's like it. the deal is, is that the more that you just keep going with it, just like with a a natural language, how you become quicker in interpreting what's going on, Mm. the more that you do it, the more that you start picking up what is being said, because here's what I believe is actually happening is you're learning to stop listening to the words that are coming out and you are getting to realize the feel of something, Mm -hmm. right? The feeling of what the spirit is saying. The the deal is, is that it's actually, um, and, and we were talking about this, about how like it's linked to the prophetic and I I believe the reason it's a foundational gift is actually because it has a lot less to do 
with what's coming out of your mouth and a lot more mm-hmm. to do with you actually hearing what God is saying, because Jesus only did what he saw the father doing and spoke what he heard the father saying. And, and it's, and it's learning how to build mm. quick intimacy, not just between you and God, but between you and others, because you're going, Hey, I get that. I hear you saying that, but what I really sense underneath it all is that if I do this and it goes South, you're going to be really upset with me or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like you learn to feel these different things with people um, through it. You learn to have that intimacy that, that quite honestly, people don't even know how to express back to you. Mm. I mean, I mean, if tongues, I mean, the Bible says that it, you know, utters the mysteries of heaven, you know, really the mysteries of heaven are just God's heart. And, you know, how, how do we delve into that and become more intimate with him? And one of these avenues is through tongues. And so, you know, I kind of want to summarize here as we kind of wrap this up, but um, yeah, so tongues, the prayer language of tongues, um, connects our spirit to his spirit. Um, it heightens, as you've been kind of talking about, heightens our discernment of others, um, heightens our senses of what's going on around us and, and reveals God's will for those around us as well. And so, you know, do we need to have tongues to live a fulfilled life? I would say yes. Um, because I speak in tongues, but, you know, don't judge people for not being able to speak in tongues. But I want to issue a challenge for anybody who's listening to this. Um, You know, I I pray that you would have an urging in your spirit and a tugging and a desire to become more intimate through the gift of tongues um, with God and to just that he would draw you close. I just pray that you would have a groaning in your spirit and in your gut that you just want to speak in tongues um, desire because the Bible says to desire yes. these things of him. And I mean, this is a free gift that comes with him. And so I would issue a challenge that we would rise above, especially in our prayer life, because we're talking about a prayer language. Um, so many times it's so easy to enter into prayer with a victim mindset, but with tongues, let's remove ourselves out of the equation and let our spirit cry out to God for us and lead us into his perfect will and into his purpose and desires and plans for our life. So God, right now, I just thank you for who you are. Thank you for your gifts and your impartation into us. God, I just ask right now that you would draw on the hearts of the people that we come in contact with every day that they would want to get to know you. All right. Well, um, just thank you so much, Caleb, for getting on here, having this conversation. And, um, you know, the deal is, is that that I know that uh, people could look at this and go, well, right, but you both follow the Pentecostal stream. I know that we're accenting a lot of the stuff that are in the Pentecostal stream right now, but the deal is, is that we both have seen how it's also been used in the wrong ways. And so what we're trying to do is really bridge Mm -hmm. that gap that says, hey, look, these things are useful when put in the right place. Um, when taken out of the right context, which is really that chapter 13 for verse uh, for first Corinthians, when taken out of the context of love and God first, these things really get perverted and put out of place. And so they're no longer useful. And so all we're trying to do is put everything that we see and put it into a useful position for the body of Christ to be built up and strengthened. And so um, with all of that, 
We will see you next time. And until then, let's get unified. Thank you.